119, 120? Uh, this is 119, right? Very cool. So um, this is actually going to be our first podcast on the new system. The new, the new rig. So I know it's been probably in the works for 20-ish episodes, right? But we finally got everything together, got all your parts, built yep. it for you, delivered, set up. So yeah, man, it looks nice. And well, you got a new desk on top of that. Yep. And uh, I, I like it, man. This room's come a long way. Yeah. I well, know our listeners can't see, but <laughs> we'll talk about uh, more about the specs as we go along because I know that maybe you you're a kind of a whiz kid when it comes to these things. But um, yeah, it's gonna be like my first like note I didn't put down, but I do want to talk about it a little bit, and so you can educate me because I yeah, have absolutely. done done a little bit of a, a a dive on kind of like PC builds and stuff like that, and what they do, and what's cool, and what works with what, and et cetera, et cetera. So I want you to kind of educate me on the matter. Yeah, absolutely, man. All we right, can, we can get into that. But uh, other than that, man, my fucking feet hurt. I'm fucking yeah. dying a thousand deaths right now. I'm fucking tired. <laughs> uh, shit, I just got out of the shower, which fucking made it me feel like sleepier, but like better, yeah. you know? But that's where I'm at right now. I found the bridge to my guitar, so that's also cool. Um, also, well, I guess we get into this as the as the pod goes along. But yeah, man, it's, it's good. I got some stuff practiced. Like I feel like I'm a new man because, like I said, the office is built up. Yeah. I got a man's office slash cave is like you could tell so much about him from what everything is. No, I agree. Yeah, no, you're it's a fact with that. But yeah, like um, even with like the outro, which I kind of put together, I put together a little outro. Nice. I'm gonna have to listen to that one. Yeah, it's it's not great. I'm not gonna lie, but it'll get the job done. You know, until I have better means. To, to be fair, I do think you get some uh, some brownie points for the audio producer thing with this new desk, though. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. We'll talk about that when we hit on air. But other than that, man, you ready? Oh yeah. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Second City Kids podcast, episode number 119. 119. Yeah, we are back on a nice day on the south side of Chicago, Illinois. Um, yeah, man, it is it is what it is. We got a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, so you did a lot of work today. I did. Uh, we're doing this podcast a, a little later. But um, so you, uh, what are, I can't think of words right now. I'm so sorry. No, you good. You moved, you helped Adam move out of your grandparent, your grandpa's house, right? Well, Basically, we're cleaning up the whole joint. The whole house is getting cleaned up because they're going to put it on sale. Um, so basically, everything has got to go. Right. Because, you know, they're going to. So, so be- was it weird? Yeah. Uh, they have, I mean, I don't want to get too deep, like personal, but they got a lot of, they had a lot of shit, mm-hmm. like a lot of stuff. My grandma was like a collector of, of knickknacks and all Hoarding, that stuff. Borderline, yeah. yeah. Almost, yeah. Because there was just stuff you're like, what the hell? Like, what? Like, stuff that, like, um, she was, like, big big on roosters. Like, cups That's with hilarious. roosters on them. Like, plates and roosters and stuff on them. And, like, there was stuff that wasn't even open. That was just like, what the hell? And they had, like, VHS tapes that were never open. Dude, I'm, like, terrified that that's going to be, like, my grandkids or my kids plowing through my stuff. Except it's going to be, like... Oh, this is an original 1979 alien figure collectible. Like, and they're gonna just toss it out. Like, no, I paid ten thousand dollars. Well, that, that was that was like the part of the deal with us right now is that because she had a lot of stuff. Well, both of them did, but she definitely had a lot of stuff. So, digging through her shit, we're like, maybe some of the, like just looking at it, like she had like stuff that looked like it was crystal made in England. We're like, maybe we should do some deep dives on what's... Maybe do a yard sale, worst case scenario. Yeah. Well, I know that anything that people don't want, because they they're giving away a lot of stuff, uh, this desk being one of them, and uh, that the hutch that you saw, 
in the living room because I have a hutch now too. So very cool. Yeah. Um, that was like stuff that they were giving away. So because, you know, like I said, we're coming to the end of the whole process and then we're put it on sale in a minute. Um, you know, a lot of the stuff has to go. So we're just collecting our shit and moving along and passing stuff down and all that stuff. And then whoever doesn't want, you know, whatever doesn't stick or whatever, basically is going to be put in a yard sale and we'll see what happens. But, um, yeah, man. So there's a lot of stuff going on on that front. But with that comes this desk. Now, this desk is gorgeous. Fam- yeah, it's familiar to us because this is Adam's old studio desk. Adam didn't have the space for it because he moved. Um, so uh, he doesn't have the space for it. And I'm like, well, I'll fucking take it. So I took it and I got so much more room for activities on here. Well, so was it a total bitch getting in here? Because it's like right next to the door. Well, dude. <laughs> yeah, it was a bitch. It, a, this thing is fucking heavy. Yeah, I can imagine that's solid wood. You can look at it. It's fucking heavy, okay? So pulling it out, because Adam rented a truck for the day, because mm-hmm. he, he sold his trailer. So getting it out of their house, which well, I didn't help. Tim did it, thank God. Um, God blessed him. Yeah, get, <laughs> getting it out of his to truck, down my driveway, through the front door, which wasn't that big, because it, it or wasn't that hard, because it's, you know, it's like measured out, so it's pretty exact, but because my grandpa did it. Um, but getting it through this door... Pain in the ass. Probably. It was a pain in the ass. I mean, we scraped up our floors a little bit on the other side. I'll show you. It was not like brutal, brutally bad, but you know, it, it was a tight squeeze. At least you didn't fuck up these nice blue walls, man. Yeah, I think we bumped a couple of spots by the door, that's but barely you know, noticeable. Yeah, that's not it's not too bad. But um, yeah, man, this shit like and with that, after we dropped it off and got everything done, me and Adrian are like, okay, first off, we got to clean the house uh, mm-hmm. and get everything ready with got the new vacuum stuff. and all that shit. Yeah, with the new stuff, and I'm like, well. Let me get my fucking new spot, set up my new desk. And because I have so much space, it's so easy to do because previously when I would move stuff around my desk, it was like, fuck. You, you had to move something. You had to give up something. It was a trade off. Yeah. I'm like, okay. I'm like, well, fucking where am I to put this in the meantime while I'm starting to rearrange my shit? And now like, it looks like my cables are organized and shit like that. Like it's Relatively. so, yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> comparatively to what it was, definitely. Absolutely. It's definitely an upgrade on that front. But yeah, so we got to, you know. So, so, all right, a quick question for you, right? Okay. Because, like, I always feel some kind of way when I, like, clean out my room and you find knickknacks from, like, years ago, right? Okay. And uh, so do you think it was, like, a cathartic experience going through and, and helping clean out the rest of this stuff? I think... Um, you think it helped you in the healing process? I mean, maybe a little bit, I think. Uh, I think there's a lot of, like I said, we would just pull stuff out. We're like, why do they keep that? Like, what <laughs> what are they doing? Like, you know, and Grandma, I... come on. Yeah, I was telling Adam, I'm like, man, your parents were something else, bro. He's like, dude... He's like, I know this is crazy. It's not any different. Yeah, no, definitely. And um, I mean, even my mom, I'm like, why would they, why do they keep stuff like this? Like, she's like, that's just how they were. And they had stuff like my, my mom had one, like that was in their house when they were kids. Like that's how old some of the shit they had was. Wow. It was just weird, you know? And um, like the, the hutch is from 76. Think do that's that. in good condition. Yeah. Though. Do that math. I mean, it has like Nixon stuff like that, but of course it is. It's fucking 40 years old with what? Three kids through the house. Yeah. Well, four. Yeah. Four kids and countless yeah. dogs. Yeah. So, you know, it is what it is. And like a lot of the big furniture stuff was in great shape. So they did a good job with that. And, um, you know, like you said, I guess there's a lot of catharticness with it. I know that they're going to have like one final like shebang there, like, you know, barbecue and, and then we'll say bye to the house, which is, I think that's going to be something that's a little bit more difficult for me. Cause that's basically that's been my grandparents' house since I can remember. Well, even then, we spent two solid years in there recording the podcast, practicing when For Better For Worse was still a thing, you know? Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be sad to see it go up. Countless birthday parties, yeah, Super all, Bowl parties. Uh, uh, Christmas is like, there was like a phase probably for like 20 years where we didn't. It was just there. It was always there. 
no matter what. Good copy. So uh, that, how much my grandpa did to that house, like he fucking make that house his own. Basically. Took care of it. Yep. Yeah. He you know built it up and took care of it. And anything my grandma wanted, she basically got. She's like, well, I kind of want this. He's like, okay. Give me a week. <laughs> yeah. He's like, yeah, give me some time and I'll do some research on it. Because that, that's the type of guy my grandpa was. He would, um, she's like, well, what do you know about like electricity, like wiring? He's like, oh, well, nothing, but I'll nothing learn. Nothing yet. But yeah, but I'll learn, and that's what the type of guy he was. So good copy, man. We need more go getters. Absolutely, in society. Because I feel it's like easier than ever to learn something. Absolutely. So um, it's it's kind of cool, and uh, like I said, I'm super stoked about the desk because the desk really play kind of pulls my room together. At the yeah, end. man. It, it definitely makes everything pop. And uh, so I, I'm actually relocated. I'm still in a corner. <laughs> yeah. That was the thing for a while. I'm actually right under the uh, under oath fabric poster you got here. Yes. And I have this like unnerving sense that like Spencer Chamberlain is going to pop out of there and like strangle me for that review I gave last <laughs> week. But it wasn't so bad. No, I don't. I don't think it was a bad review. No. But yeah, man. So congrats. Um, like I said, you're going to get some serious brownie points for that desk. I'm kind of jealous. <laughs> my, my my room's kind of small, and the place where I'm recording my other podcast is uh is also like my theater so yeah. i can't do too much wacky shit because then you know yeah. i got all these speakers and stuff to move but running around running yeah. around a space and good stuff, stuff. Like so you ready for these topics well we... let's well let's get into this pc that we that we're talking about okay so the reason mr jake here wanted a pc was because your laptop is in okay shape it was just getting kind of old it's like it's starting to get a little sluggish yeah y- you start to feel it after i'd say four years you know yeah and um so, you know, we'd come across issues, whatever that may be. The first big one was like a driver issue. Once we solved that, you're like, wow, clarity. Yeah, you know, definitely. And then um, with Studio One stopping and, you know, we, we kind of ran across a couple of things. But essentially, he sat down and said, Gabe, I need you to build me a computer. Yeah. And so my thought process was, OK, I think this is like the seventh or eighth system I built within like a 12 month span. OK. I just been on a rampage. Yeah. <laughs> building left and right. Wait, was it for yourself or for other people? Like, what's the deal with that? Well, uh, I want to say like August last year, maybe July. I was like, I want to build a PC. I don't want to buy one. I want to build one because I'm, you know, I'm a computer guy and I have yet to build one. Well, I'd, I have built one, but that was like for a group project. So it wasn't like my PC. You feel yeah. me? So I built that. I actually used that case. Fun fact. Cool. I built that system and then version two came around 2.5 and then we're on like version three right now. And then I rebuilt version two, sold that. And I built some friends PCs. And then when you told me, Hey, like I'm ready, I'm like, all right, cool. So I scavenged together some parts. We actually got all that for a steel man. Um, so what do you want to know about it spec wise? So basically like how far can I go? Cause I know I got a lot of de- a lot of memory. I know that that was like the big selling point. Cause I well, need actually, it. you don't have a whole massive chunk of memory. But um, okay, so, so running down spec wise, you have a Ryzen platform, mm-hmm. which is probably the best bang for your buck at the moment. You got a twenty two hundred G, which is a CPU GPU integrated. Okay, this is what you know most like consoles use. They use like an integrated system. Yeah. The nice thing about that is that GPU, that graphics processing unit, is actually quite viable. So you could play like CS:GO with relatively no issue. Mm-hmm. All that good stuff. You got eight gigs of RAM, which is pretty standard. Um, what else you got in there? A 500 watt power supply, obviously, uh, some decent fans, a cooler. You got a three terabyte hard drive. How does it feel to never worry about storage ever again? It's pretty, it's pretty sweet. Cause like, obviously when we did the podcast on you laptop, delete all the episodes, right? Yeah. Well, not even just that, but it was told me that, you know, Hey, cause you know, studio one has this neat feature where it tells you how much days you have left. And on the laptop I had nine. I'm like, okay, I mean, we got some time, right? I could be forever. With this guy, I have 128 days available to me. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. So roughly, like, what is that? Like 12 times the. I because I got a three terabyte in my computer too, and like I have all my games downloaded on there. Yeah. On, on the hard drive, 
and then I got all these programs, shit like that. Essentially, all my stuff that I don't need to be booted immediately is put on the hard drive, right? And I still have two free terabytes left with all my shit on there, you know? And okay. that's, that's pretty impressive. Absolutely. Um, and then you got a 128 gig SSD, a solid state drive, which is much faster. And uh, those things are great right now because they're dirt cheap because we've moved like two technologies beyond. Mm -hmm. And so that stuff is blazing fast. But bang for your buck, dude, this is the way to go. Absolutely. But um, I'm actually kind of curious to see how Siege would run on this thing because it is an integrated graphics thing. Okay. So my, my guess is if you cranked everything down to minimal, I think you get 30 frames per second. But at that point, you might as well just play it on the PS4, you know? So is it so basically, okay, because you obviously you know a little bit more about the whole thing. A lot more about the whole thing. So, it, how comparatively, if I would have put all the settings on settings on minimum on that guy, oop, my bad, on that guy, how is it compared to console? Is it like about the same? I'd say it would probably look a little bit better on console because okay. they do kind of it, it's optimized, which is you get good frames and good graphics essentially mm -hmm. for what your hardware is, right? Okay. Um, I think you could run it. I don't know how well. All that would handle it, though, is the question. Okay. If you got a discrete graphics card, which is like its own, you know, bit that you install, um, you could definitely run it, no issue. I run Siege on my setup at like 130-ish frames per second at full fidelity. Like you could see Thermite's little milk mustache. I sent you that one day, yeah. you know, and you just see all this stuff that wasn't there before, and it's absolutely a gorgeous game. Okay. But it's possible, and if you ever want to upgrade this thing, you know, there's relatively cheap options we could do we get you some more memory for like another 50 bucks we get the graphics card like i said the uh rx 570 is phenomenal option like yep. you can get one for less than 90 bucks cool so before we get into that obviously i want to yep. i'm going to pay you back for the current system <laughs> before sure. we get i mean if you got any questions by all means because for those of you who don't know um who haven't been keeping up for the past four years i'm a computer science major i live in this shit you know i do programming I, i'm kind of in the midst of all this and jay kind of came to me trusting my judgment and all that stuff. So it, do you have any questions? I'm, I'm just kind of curious because because you know your way around, I'd say, most hardware. But when it comes to like nitty gritty, yeah. like form factors and all that, you yeah. know? When, when you started saying, hey, put this in the command prompt, I'm like, uh, <laughs> I'm, you, I'm you know scared to do stuff the, like the that. The beauty of like PC problems, like just general kind of like, why won't this run? Is that if you Google your error code, you're going to get 100 results. Yeah. And that's, that's like the mentality you got to take because... You know, maybe not now, but eventually down the line, you're going to run into something. Yeah. And it's one thing to text me and be like, hey, can you help me out? Of course, you know, which I will. But then, you know, you can get immediate answers if you just Google it. And that's kind of the beauty of PC stuff now, yeah. because 10 years ago when I had like Windows Vista and I had my first PC, it was like, if you run into something, you're like, dude, I'm fucked. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, dude. Well, like, yeah, like, like I said. Well, the whole point was, like I said, to do the pod seamlessly, and it runs beautifully because like, we talked about the ears and how I get the feedback right away. Yeah, the latency is just minimal, and it doesn't throw me off at all because that's what was like the big problem with when I would monitor the show is it would throw me off. So I never monitor myself; I would only monitor Gabe, um, and all that good stuff. And now I don't have that problem, and now I'm just like you know everything's coming together. As far so, as, like, so I did sprinkle in a little bit of a RGB, which stands for red, green, blue. Mm -hmm. uh, for for those mm -hmm. you know, um, and I see you took a liking to the blue setting on the rig. Well, I have a theme. My theme, my my system, my uh, PC's name is Katana. Ah, so um, very I, cool. I went with the black and blue because I thought it looked good. You could probably get a Katana sticker and slap it on that plexiglass if you wanted was, to be extra. I was, I was thinking about it. I'm not gonna lie. Or you, you know what, what wouldn't be a bad idea? I don't know if they make these, but you could get like a uh, the health bars. 
like <laughs> print it out on a sticker and slap them on there. That's not a good so it idea. looks like the like the frame of the MK fight. Yeah, that's not that's not bad either. That's a solid idea, huh? Yeah, yeah I like that. But yeah, so that's basically the theming. I'm like, because I I like the the because it was like more like a pink than a purple. I'm like, oh, it looks kind of cool. So I was just fiddling around with all of them. They have like a bunch of cool stuff and all that good stuff. I'm like, oh, I I like the like. Well, this is not like dark blue. This is like a light blue. Yeah, and that's which is why that I like very it. Uh, like MK9 katana. Yeah, that outfit. Absolutely, and which is why I liked it. I'm like, fuck it, and that's why she's my back. Well, she's my background on my laptop too, but you know. Good stuff. Um, so I do. I have a themed PC. I went out of my way to match all the colors and do all the nice stuff. It, it can get out of hand very fucking quickly. Yeah, so I so just keep it minimal for right now. I got like custom sleeved cables. Yeah. <laughs> I got all this wacky stuff. Like all my water cooling components are matched to the color scheme, which is the I'm a sucker for like the Miami Vice, like the light blue and yeah, hot pink. The neon, yeah. I love that color scheme. Yeah. And I got this character from this anime in there and he matches the whole thing. But I'm not going to get into it. Let's get into these topics today. All right. You ready? So let's uh, go. my first one is on here. So um, this past week, I kind of buckled down and I said, I need a new phone. And I mean, I have the success and I had it since it came out in 2015. It's been four years. You see how my phone is. It's fucking cracked. It's banged up, but it still works. Yeah. And so I was like, you know what? We're going on two vacations in the next three months. I want a better phone. I want to be able to take nice pictures. Even that, I think I just kind of deserve a little, you know? Yeah. Why not? Absolutely. So I was looking at the Huawei P30 and the main thing that attracted me was the 40 megapixel camera on it, which is fucking insane. Okay. Because now, um, whatever the uh like, like this this phone has a 12 megapixel camera and most of the others are still around the same area right yeah. so yeah uh, that's relatively massive compared to like iphones and most of the androids out there right now that have like 12 12.2 <laughs> around that area you know 40 was just holy shit like you could take like massive ak photos uh, blah 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 yeah, yeah and so what happened this week um huawei uh president trump passed an executive order that Huawei cannot do business with American companies. And so now everybody is kind of in this like weird state where um, like there's Huawei phones over here. Right. But then like Google pulled the plug and they're like, Hey, um, you're not going to be getting any Android updates. And now people like people are like pulling their parts cause they got a lot of like us manufactured parts. And they're like, Hey, you can't use our parts anymore because of this ban. And then like Panasonic over in Japan's like, you can't use our batteries. And so now everybody's kind of pulling out of this Huawei market, which is insane because it, they're the number two leader of like cellular devices. It goes Samsung, Huawei, Apple, mm -hmm. you know, which is kind of crazy. But ever since this has been passed, everybody's kind of like in this state where, well, what the fuck do we do now? Is it a Chinese company? It is a Chinese company. And I mean. so the, the thought process was these phones have had issues with like what people perceive to be the Chinese government spying on them. Right. And so this measure was taken as like a, a preemptive kind of strike. And I don't know too much on that detail, but I do know that Huawei cannot do business with American companies now. And so this, you know, the one phone I was kind of looking at, I was like, I guess not. Yeah. Because, you know, we might be good for six months, but then what happens? Yeah, for sure. But I just thought it was pretty, pretty crazy, you know? So... What are you, where are you leaning next then? What's, what's I actually have my next phone ordered and I've been having nothing but crap luck. I could go into that if you want. Okay, let's go for it. So I decided on the Pixel 3 AXL, which is a um, cheaper version of the Pixel 3. It, it's just missing two kind of features, but I'm like, whatever about them. It's not water resistant. You can't wirelessly charge it, which is whatever. But so uh, Best Buy had this promotion and I was like, cool, I'll get it through Best Buy. And so what happened was that the first Best Buy, the only unit they had in stock was defective. 
I was like, fucking great. And so then what I did was I went to a different Best Buy and they're like, hey, we only have one in stock, but we can't give it to you because you're only upgrading your phone. You're not adding a line and we need at least three in stock to do that. I'm like, dude, what the fuck? So then I click ship to home. I was like, I'm not dealing with this anymore, right? And then the moment I, I click ship to home Sprint, my carrier's like, hey, we have them in stock at the Sprint store. I was like, cool. And then I can't cancel my fucking ship to home order and go to the Sprint store. So I have to wait. And it was supposed to come in Friday and now USPS delayed it. And so now I'm like pulling out my hair. I was like, God damn it. I, if I would have waited like a day, I would have been perfectly fine. But because I'm so goddamn impatient. Yeah, no, I know. I got, I got boned out of having a new phone right now. But, you know. <laughs> I mean, you've lived with that for two years. I'm sure it was like four. A- Oh, four years. I'm four sure, years. <laughs> I'm sure a couple more days won't hurt you. Yeah, but you know, I was like, dude, if I would have just waited. Yeah, I feel you. But Speaking of bullshit, I want to talk about this bullshit that fucking iTunes is pulling with me right oh, now. Man. Well, it's not iTunes. I don't want to give iTunes shit for it because it's not all their fault. But because it seems like a Podbean issue. So um, Podbean is saying, well, now now that my all my episodes are uploaded to iTunes, every time that I upload it, it uploads with the, num- the, num- the number of the episode first. Right. Which I don't mind. I don't think it's aesthetically pleasing if you're like glossing over it as like, but we number our own episodes here we, at Second yeah, City Kids. But we number our own episodes. So it's not that big of a deal. But like I said, if it was an accurate number, that's fine. But the problem is, it's roughly about 30 episodes off. So what is basically what I was told because I went to Podbean support to get it all figured out. I'm like, yo, fi- fucking fix this. I don't want this there. They're like, well, currently we don't have an option f- to do that. I know that I guess they got in touch with Apple to try to fix it, to resolve it. And second of all, uh, they don't have a way from them like to do like an like an auto fix on everything. So you got to go in manually and change I, each one. I have to manually go into all 118 episodes and fix them. Well, 119 after this and fix them one by one. And I'm like, I don't have the fucking time for that or the patience. So I'm hoping that Apple gets a fix for this, so I don't have to fucking look at it. Yeah, so if you are viewing on or listening, I guess on iTunes or uh, podcast, Apple Podcast. I'm sorry that the numbers are... Look at the episode number in the title, not the episode number yeah. in the episode number. Yeah. And like I said, it, it seems like a Podbean thing. I There's a dude that I listen to. He's, he's 600 podcast in. And right now, his current episode, his most recent, is labeled 187. Oh, man. Yeah. He got shysted. Yeah. Huh? Think about that. So I imagine that uh, it's going to get fixed soon because I know plenty of people are like, what the fuck? And I was... Uh, I have Because I'm on a podcast group on Facebook, too. So they were like... Yeah, dude. He's like, I only have 10 episodes. I can't even imagine what 118 looks like. I'm like, fuck you. (laughs) Yeah. So that's what's going on. So again, if you guys see the wrong labeling, I'm sorry. Uh, You know, I guess it'll get fixed after a while. Check it out on TuneIn. I'm sure that TuneIn's still fine. So Uh, Spotify will be perfectly fine too. Spotify will be good as well. So check it out there. If uh, you're annoyed with it, I'm sorry. I can't do anything about it at the moment. But yeah, so let's go ahead and get into these actual topics. Let's talk some Toy Story 4. Yeah, dude, let's talk about it. So they dropped a new trailer. Seen it? Yes, it looks excellent. I'm actually kind of excited for this movie. Yeah, it looks really fucking good. And I like the vibe where they went with it because they took kind of this pseudo 60, 70 vibe, especially with a lot of the music. They, they reference like Evil Knievel, even though he's like the Canadian yeah. <laughs> version of him or whatever. Um, it was funny. Uh, I liked because I thought Key and Peele was going to be kind of annoying. when. No, I think they did a good job. And yeah, they actually they had a, some funny moments in there. They, they weren't super intrusive. No, not at all. And the, like the the cat ripped it open that fucking they're like <laughs> look at all the fluff like all that stuff. Uh, man, yeah, it, it, it felt like a very natural part of the group. Yeah, they 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 fell into line and they did a good job. I mean, you're never you'll never take away the thunder from uh, Tom Hanks and Tim Allen, but I think they're going to be interesting moving forward and see where they fall into the whole story thing. Because yeah, absolutely. 
Because um, up to this point, we, we've been adding toys almost every movie at this point. You know. Yeah. Uh, at a, I feel like especially when we hit three, that number jumped kind of dramatically because yeah. the jump from one to two was a handful. Yeah. And now it's it's just growing exponentially. More toys, more toys. Absolutely. So it's cool, man. And uh, what do we got? Two weeks to that movie. <clears throat> yeah, June, middle of June, I think. So I'm excited. Uh, I think it's going to be good. And uh, if I know Pixar, they're a deliver. They're going to knock it out of the ballpark. Yep. They always do. So they'll deliver on that. But now, when you talk about Toy Story, I think it's important to mention um, the other movie that's coming out that same weekend, which is Child's Play. Yeah. Um, have you seen the marketing approach that they're taking to yeah, the posters? Um, you sent a few of them to me, and we, we talked about it briefly. So the two notable ones are the Woody one, where he chopped off, where Chucky chopped off Woody's leg, and he's like standing over it. Yeah. And the most recent one was the Slinky Dog one, where he's roasting the tail end of Slinky Dog yeah. on the knife over a fire. Yeah. What do you think of these, man? Well, I... <laughs> I like. I think the first one was funny. I think it was kind of like an interesting take because, like I said, I think the first time it's funny. The second time, it's not so funny. It's not funny anymore. It's not being funny after the second glance of the first one. <coughs> so, I you know, I think I, they're kind of trashy, man. If yeah. I'm being completely honest, they're, they're you're being com- a little trashy. Completely yeah. right. The first one it was funny because it was almost like poking fun, yeah, at itself really. But now I feel like they took the positive like reaction from the first one and they're like. <laughs> Hey, let's do it again. Yeah, let's do it and again. And now it's it's kind of devolved into, like I said, I think it's super trashy. Now. Yeah. And here's the thing. They're both coming out the same weekend. I know Chucky has a steady-ish following, probably dropped off significantly from the 80s, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, The fact that these two movies have the same opening weekend, I just think that this Chucky movie is going to flop. I thought it was going to flop anyway, but yeah. it's going to be totally fucking demolished. It's gonna get who's th- not going to see Toy Story? Yeah, it's going to get thrashed opening weekend for sure. It's not going to be close. Um. I think it's going to be um, in for like three weeks and that's going to be out. And then I mentioned to you uh, recently, I, I feel like by the time um, Pixar or Disney gets uh, like a cease and desist out to them, the movie's already going to be out or no, it'll right. be like a few days, you no. know? So Disney's probably just going to be like, what the fuck ever, you know? And I feel like they're in just the state where like you're looking at like a mosquito that's right underneath your shoe and they're just going to be like, yeah, just I mean- end the whole ordeal. And like I, I mentioned this to you, man. I don't like the fucking fact that these horror movies, well, this horror movie is coming out in June. Like, what the fuck? Like, who? Bring what? back those late releases, man. Yeah, like why? Why the fuck June? Are you afraid because you don't want to go toe to toe with it? You know what I mean? Like, well, it works because I believe it takes place in like late fall, and that's kind of yeah. the period. It's closer, and we talked about that last week. I'm like, well, it's a little off, but at least it's what was it? Like you said, September. It's close, right? Close-ish. Yeah, fucking. I believe the movie takes place in like that September yeah. era too. No, you're right. Yeah, but uh, and then we got something else coming out. Uh, we got the Joker movie, which is not inherently a Joker movie, but yeah. it looks horry enough yeah. in mid October. No, you're right. And um, you know, the Lord knows what else we're gonna announce in between that. I'm sure there'll be a couple of horror movies that pop up. And it's like it's afraid to go toe to toe, so it's gonna go toe to toe with Toy Story, which I think is even worse, an even poor, more poor decision. I think there would have been a lot better weekends for it, even um, after. The weekend after, you could still kind of poke fun at it, but before, but I don't know, man. I think it's a bad choice, and they're going to get fucking thrashed. Because you see, when when um, Silent Planet said they got new material, their label told them, hey, not this Friday, because that's when the Architects album comes yeah. out. So they waited two weeks, Yeah, and that was a good move on everybody's part, because I promise you, if those two albums came out in the same same weekend, it would have been brutal for Silent Planet. And I love that album way more than I love the Architects. It, it would have been, I think it would have been brutal for both because I think Silent Planet. Well, we're not going to get into it, but Silent Planet's an upcoming band, and Architects are like well like, established. Yeah, well established. So 
I think because everybody knows that, you know, the Hassan planet was going to be hot and everybody knows the architect, no matter what, it's always going to be hot no matter what. So I think it would have kind of hurt both. And like you said, I think that scenario is the best for both because they're not going to be affecting each other at all. Yeah, you're not going to be stealing listens and view counts and whatever Absolutely. it may be. I just think that the guys behind the promotional stuff for Child's Play are being way too ballsy right now. Yeah. You know? A bold move, Cotton, and I promise you it will not pay off. <laughs> it's just one of those, like, come on, dude, wait a week. Like I said, wh- it, the first time it was funny, but after that, it stopped being funny. And I'm sure they'll probably drop one more poster until then. Uh, I know we got a couple weeks out, but, you know, it is what it is. So speak about movies that we're excited for. Oh, yeah. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood got the Red Band trailer released early this week. I want to say Monday, Tuesday-ish. Yeah. I watched it. You watched it. Let's chat. Um, I was telling you when we were, as I was sitting through it, because we all know what the movie's about, right? And granted, with the first trailer, they haven't really given what nothing away, which is fantastic. But um, I was waiting for them to drop the boom on us with like the violence, because it's the Red Band trailer. So I was expecting the violence to show there, and I think they're doing it on purpose. They're not showing you how fucked up the situation's gonna get, because they kind of gave you new background on Sharon Tate, uh, that this character this fic- and the other fictionalized character that they came up with, Leo's character, and how he's like the next door neighbor of her. It seems like they're like, oh man, I gotta live next to her or whatever the fuck he said, and uh, stuff like that. You know, hinting towards the Bruce Lee character a little bit more, and we get our first glimpse of uh, Charles Manson. Oh man, does he look good? Yeah, he looks. He looks. He's it's pretty close, man. He looks. He looks eerily similar. Um, you know, that's two serial killers in a row who are eerily similar looking to the person that they're playing or vice versa. But, um, yeah, man, like I said, I was waiting for the boom to drop and they didn't do it. They held off and I'm like, okay, I give them credit for that. Cause it'd been real easy to drop that bomb. I feel like this trailer had like very tangible momentum. Like you felt it speeding up and speeding up. Cause it did kind of start off slow with the conversation no. piece. Yeah. And then by the end, and when you see Charles Manson's face, you're like, oh, shit, here we go. Yeah. And then boom, cut. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, because like, like you said, the momentum was building, and I'm waiting for that that snap, and it never it never came. I am super excited for this movie, yeah. and I got this kind of feeling that it's going to be at top three. And I know it's like preemptive and stuff, but I got a really good feeling about this, man. Yeah. I, I feel like it's not too far out of Tarantino's reach to feel completely foreign, but like I said, man, he grew up in the midst of this. He knows probably better than we do. Yeah. And I feel like it's just within that realm of like maybe Hateful Eight and like Pulp Fiction, like a weird cross between those two. Yeah. And I'm super fucking excited for it. Yeah, it's going to be really good, man. I mean, QT never lets down. I mean, like I said, he's... This is number nine. Yeah, he doesn't really have so a So we, we got one more big one. And then he's... He said he's doing 10. And that's it. I mean, I don't want to... the QT originals. I don't want to speculate, um, like, because obviously this movie's not out, but what do you think? What's next? What what can he possibly do? Space. No, not do that. <laughs> Honestly, I don't think that'd be super wacky. It, 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 space would be the setting. It wouldn't be the centerpiece. No, no, no. Yeah, no. You know, because a lot of his stuff is through dialogue and stuff. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. I, I feel like he'd definitely want to do something he hasn't touched before. Uh, I don't think space is a bad idea. I think he could do a hell of a space opera. Um, and you know, that's coming from guys who love space operas. Yeah. Uh, I guess it depends. You don't really know what you get with this guy till you read the news until like leaks start coming out. And it's funny. Cause like with him, it's like nothing is out. Nothing can be outside of his reach. Cause even if he says, well, I'm doing this world war two Nazi kind of a thing. You're like, okay, I can see that. Yeah. Okay. Do- Bastards was fucking phenomenal. I'm doing this spaghetti Western kind of a deal. Oh yeah. I can uh, see that. Uh, hey, let's do another one. Yeah. And, oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I got another one coming out. Yeah. I can, I'm going to do kind of this Japanese ninja kind of a vibe. This Westernized Japanese yeah. massacre. Let's do two of them. Yeah. And um, yeah, dude, no, it's really interesting and it's really intriguing, but I think 
if you were to tell me it was going to take place in the late 70s, early 80s, I'd be like, yeah, probably. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. He, he could do whatever he wants. And that's, I don't know what other director, maybe outside of like the big ones like Scorsese and stuff, who has carte blanche to do whatever the fuck they want. And they're, it's going to get made because that's who they are. You know I'd love I mean? to see, I don't know, like a crossover of some sort. It's probably never going to happen. But yeah, man. So he's planning to do 10 big ones, 10 QT originals. And then my guess is he's going to do like guest acting, please no. And then like guest directing on some other things. But we'll see. Yeah. I just want the, the 10 movie box set to be in the suitcase from Pulp Fiction with yeah. the little bulb. I think that'll be cool. Yeah, that'd be cool. That'll work. Um, with that. So I actually, before we move on, I actually saw a, um, I think it was maybe GQ, did an interview with Jonah Hill. Okay. And his 10 movies, his movie breakdowns. Yeah, he breaks down his. Yeah, his, I, I his, saw those. His most famous roles or whatever. That one's a bit older, actually. I think that's a couple months old. But yeah, I, I love the movie breakdowns. So what'd you think? Um, I just love the fact that he's like, well. He's like, I wanted to do two things. He's like, I wanted to be in the Martin Scorsese movie, and I wanted to direct my own film. He's like, need to both, and those are my dreams. And like, it's funny because obviously he's an intelligent guy. He wrote a great movie, right? He but wrote like, a couple of great movies. You know, he wrote Twenty One and Twenty Two Jump Street. Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny because I was actually before you know getting onto this tangent, I was actually talking to my wife as I was watching it. I'm like, it's funny. I'm like, his greatest partner, it's not Leo, it's not Michael Sarah, it's fucking Channing Tatum was his greatest partner probably. His greatest foil in all, in all of his films was probably Channing Tatum. Who would have fucking thought that? Who would have thunk it? Because yeah. those two characters are written so damn beautifully. Yeah, if you would have told me when I saw him in Superbad that he's going to make two really fucking good funny movies, three really good fucking funny movies with Channing Tatum, I wouldn't have fucking believed you. And he's like, like I said, probably his best counterpart. I think he's really humble, man. Um, you remember that interview in like 2012 where the the interviewer was like, oh, you know, you're a really funny guy, blah, blah, blah. And he got, like, upset. And it's like, oh, is, is that what all people know me for, as being just the funny guy, the funny fat guy? And, dude, he turned everything around in yeah. the span of, like, what, five, six years? And yeah, now, he fucking did War Dogs, bro. War Dogs was great. War Dogs was great. He was in Moneyball. Obviously, you know, Wolf on Mid-90s. Wall Street. Mid-90s was a fucking great movie. Absolutely. He did I, a lot of good shit, man. I think, because um, he, he mentioned briefly that, um, the interview was something like, oh, you know, what'd you learn from Martin Scorsese? And he said, every day was a learning experience because Scorsese is just this, like, just this solely dedicated and, like, purposeful person when he directs movies mm -hmm. and all that stuff. And he's like, every day it was something new, whether it be the way this angle is shot or this or that. And I just love to see the opening of a movie, of a Jonah Hill movie, to have that wide angle, long shot, that, you know, camera pan where it follows the characters. Because I think that'd just be a great nod to... Mr. Scorsese. And yeah. you know me. I'm a sucker for both these no. guys now. Absolutely. And um, I think... <coughs> Jesus, I have this fucking tickle in the back of my throat. He was uh, talking about... Um, he had like a great line at the end. He's like, I had this wonderful 15-year uh, uh, movie school that I went to. It was basically his whole career. Yeah. He's like, and I learned a lot along the way. He's like, and I'm going to take that and move forward. Super but, humble, man. Yeah. Super humble. And I, 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 like I said, I was really cool. I'm going to watch the... Um, What's his name? Oh, my God. Seth Rogen won next because I think he's going to be Yeah, Seth Rogen's goofy. Interesting fellow. So uh, I want to check out his next. But yeah. GQ does a lot of interesting stuff, and I yeah. think their online presence has gone uh, through the roof recently, Ab Absolutely. Man. They have to get with stuff. the times. New yep. Roman. All right. Let's move it along. So did you see this? This little teaser? For yeah. Uh, so Arnold actually posted this, right? Yeah. And we're getting another Terminator movie. Yeah. Uh, it turns out Dark Fate was the right title, which is something that we reported on like once ago. We thought it was a working title, but alas, it is not. And uh, basically what the whole teaser was leaning on was the return of Sarah Connor. Okay. Now I love Linda Hamilton. I think she's great. And I think Sarah Connor is probably one of my favorite story arcs, at least for the first two films. Absolutely. It's beautiful. Uh, between, you know, she started off as kind of innocent and came the kind of the hardened soldier and then kind of came back around near the end of 
T2 and kind of became that loving mother she's supposed to be. But um, I don't know how I feel about this. I, th- I got a pretty clear thought in my head. Okay. I think they saw what Halloween 2018 did by bringing back... Um, help me out with the names. Jamie Lee Curtis. Jamie Lee Curtis. I, I can remember him when I'm not talking about him, but then when it comes down to it, I just blank. Yeah. Uh, they saw what Jamie Lee Curtis did in, in Halloween 2018 and how phenomenal of a fucking movie that was by essentially resurrecting old plot lines, uh, scrubbing the franchise of unnecessary grime and dirt. And not the good kind of grime and dirt we like in our music, the bad yeah. kind of grime and dirt. Yeah. And I think they're trying to play off those ponytails. You know what I mean? No, like they I... saw it and they're like, hmm, well, let's do something. That is actually a fantastic take there Gabe I didn't even not even think about that bro well I mean because think about it we're what six months out from that movie seven probably right seven months out from that movie and then when I saw this I was like listen I like Sarah Connor I like I like T1 through three you know do you like three I told you three was ballsy man I I, I don't think the movie if it didn't have that ending I don't think I'd like it as much as I did it was just super ballsy something about the number three like aliens three terminator three they're just a big fuck you like spat in your face you know (laughs) you're right about that yeah um but I was just thinking, I was like, dude, Jamie Lee Curtis got paid. Everybody in that movie got paid. That movie knocked it out of the ballpark for everything leading up to winter, honestly, right? Yeah. And then the reviews came in. People loved Halloween, this and that. <laughs> and then Terminator's over here, right? The last movie, Genesis. And they're like, well, what can we do? What can we do? And they took a book. They took a note from McBride's book, and they just said, yeah, let's try it. Yeah. And it's one thing to be inspired and there's another thing to blatantly plagiarize. Yeah, I can see a little bit of that. And like my 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 main issue with the Terminator. Ten since, years too late, dude. Ten years too well, late. Not even just that. The Terminator since two. The Terminator since two, three, no salvation. Not even spiral, man. No, I'm talking about the physical Terminator. Itself okay, is not intimidating. Like the Chicken Three was not intimidating at all. Like in any way, shape, or form. Uh, the the ones in Salvation they were kind of cool, but Salvation was a mixed bag, like in general. Um, and then obviously Genesis was fucking like none of these Terminators are intimidating. Hand over the Terminator series to somebody who can do justice to them, man. Because I feel like ever since Cameron dropped off. <laughs> well, you know, ever since three, there's been a noticeable decline in quality and, and quality. Ever since right? two, dude. <laughs> yeah, no, really. But yeah. hand it over to like, I don't know how much interest he has in it, but I think like Christopher Nolan would knock it out of the fucking ballpark. Yeah, he'd do, he'd do a completely different Terminator movie that nobody knew they needed, but it turns out everybody loved. Yeah, man. I don't I mean, like I said, I don't, I don't know how I feel about this. I, I'm a big fan of the franchise, especially those first two are probably my favorite one, two combos. Quintessential nineties, bro. Absolutely. And, um, I just I want my Terminators to be fucking intimidating and they're not. Listen, man, here's here's my like nail in the coffin for a lot of these things: Terminator, Judge Dredd, Child's Play, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. All these franchises we love and we talk about, dude. It that casket should have been closed, man. You're like you're extending this wake into two or three days, and the body's starting to stink a little bit. You know? No, I feel that's kind of where we're at. Yeah, because Genesis wasn't the worst movie ever. That was horrible. It sucked. (laughs) It sucked. I'm sorry. I I just hated it. You know, but. We're, we're kind of on this trend right now where they're trying to... The people that were our age when these movies come out are, are keeping this thing on a fucking... Like an ICU unit, you know? They they refuse to pull the plug even though it's brain dead. You know what's funny about... Um, Dude, my, my fucking analogies are morbid today. I'm yeah. so sorry for everybody out there listening to it. <laughs> yeah, it was a little rough. But um, it's funny because like... Nah, this is like related to the Terminator talk, but... It's funny because like when, when I was growing up, me and my dad were so closely related when it comes to like movie taste, right? We liked everything the same, basically. Mm-hmm. But there was this point, I don't know when, maybe when, when I, you were like 15? 
maybe even a little bit older, like 17, where we spread off. And now we're like at the polar opposite end of each other because my dad said he liked Genesis and I thought less of him because of it. <laughs> you are not my father. Yeah. Um, so I'm like, because he's like, oh, I thought it was pretty good. And I watched it. I'm like, dude, that was fucking trash. And like I said, I thought less of him because of it. So um, you're my father by blood, not by choice. <laughs> yeah, right. So, um, yeah, I don't know why I went on that tangent, but it's just something that I crossed my mind because even with Star Wars, like we're just like. Hey, man, you, you get guided up to a certain point and then you got to make your own path. That's perfectly fine. Yeah, because like I like seven. He didn't like seven. Who's I, his favorite Bond? Daniel Craig. No, he's, okay. he, he's still right on that. Front. He's still a rational man. Yeah, he's still right on that. But um, yeah, it was just like I said, I, that was something that crossed my mind. I don't know why I need to bring it up. but it, I, I got gotcha. you. But yeah, man, Terminator. Uh, we're going to toss it under the rug with everything that's 10 years too late, really. Absolutely. Next. Uh, so the Sonic movie, we've been reporting on it, got delayed a year, uh, roughly a year. It is now scheduled for the 14th of February, 2020, mm-hmm. um, cause they're taking some time to redo all this stuff with Sonic, with Sonic. Yeah. All right. They're basically fixing them. Basically. Yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with delaying your movie unless it's Devil in the White City, which is never going to fucking come out. I but thought that was a franchise. I thought that was going to be a Hulu series now. I don't know, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's been too too long in the dark. Yeah. But um, Great mo- I got to go through that book again. Speaking of which. Yeah, absolutely. But I, I, I just feel like we're kind of... Uh, fuck, where was I going with this? There's nothing wrong with delaying your product as long as it gets delivered and the quality is exactly what you want. It. Fall Out Boy did this with their last album. They said, hey, we know this thing's scheduled in like two months. We're pushing it back. We don't we don't like 90% of the stuff we did. They went back, re-recorded everything. And I think that is a very fair move. And I feel like people are people recognize that as a sign of weakness. No, but, I think I think it's strength because I think if if nothing else, you know, the credits might hate it, the fans might hate it. You gotta like it. You have to You like gotta it. live with yourself yeah. at the end of the day. You have to like it. And if you don't like it, don't release it. You know? Absolutely. Like I said, because it's one thing if the critics don't like it, you know, the fans will uh, dislike it because it doesn't sound like you. But if you did something that sounded like you, you'd be like, "Well, it sound, doesn't sound. Oh, I don't. I want something new." Like you never win on that front. At the very least, and Lika Park taught me this: you have to like it. You have to live with yourself, like you said, and you have to like it. And if they don't like it, then there's no point to release it. So I, sh- I give them credit for that. And um, you know, I know we have like divided feelings on this Sonic movie and even the franchise as a whole, but. Yeah, it took some big wavos to kind of pull that out and be like, we're going to push it back six months. You know that um, they came out with a new Sonic game, a Sonic, like a race car game. Like it was oh, really? Mario Kart Sonic. And I heard it was pretty fucking good. Copy that. Because I think Sonic embraces kind of this team element thing. Because like I said, Sonic Heroes was kind of the same thing where you took like a group of three of them and do like a, like, like, I don't know, like a relay race kind of situation. I got you. With them, it's like, yeah, where it's going to be you and your three friends and your total sum of where you end up is like the, the, the total, which I think is kind of an interesting take. Very cool. On the race card kind of genre because, you know, Mario kind of got the fucking, the, the fucking crown on that front. Yeah, and I heard the new Mario Kart is complete butt. Is it? Yeah, well, from what I've seen, I haven't touched it yet. I still want to switch really bad, man. <laughs> I feel like as time goes on, I want it more. But um, yeah, I mean, we'll guess we'll see what happens to these two franchises. Yeah. Nothing's impossible, right? Yeah, absolutely. Speaking about franchises, let's talk some gaming. All right. So basically, I mean, I don't know if you saw anything about this, but I, be, I guess Sony and Microsoft, they have that, that famous photo that's out of them shaking hands. I guess they're going to be working on some cloud, cloud-related cloud gaming service uh, in the near future. And right now, uh, I saw, you know, we've seen some hype on about the next console. I feel like because I guess... Xbox is in the works and they're talking about E3 and all that good stuff about potentially starting to announce that type of stuff. I feel like this is like a new era of gaming that we've reached because I felt like there's finally peace a little bit, a little bit of that. Um, and there's like before it felt like this fucking cold war 
of stuff, especially like the like when the three came out and stuff like that. It was like this cold war of information. Like, okay, Xbox is saying this quietly in the background, and PlayStation is really saying this. Nothing's really happening, but it's just a lot of like espionage and kind of figure out who's doing what and you know who's leaning what and la la la. And now it's kind of like, well, there's radio silence on both ends, basically, and um, they're just gonna announce their stuff when they're ready. I think that's kind of an interesting take because, like you, like I said, since from Sega to fucking Nintendo going head to head against each other, it was kind of like, well, we're you know we're working on this, be prepared and la la la, like years in advance. And from what I'm understanding, within the next year, year and a half, two years, we're gonna have these new consoles, and nothing is being said about them. I want your opinion on it. I think. Um I think it was uh, was it six gen with the 360 PS3 and all mm-hmm. that. So you remember that video that came out where it was like Nintendo versus Sony versus Microsoft, and it was like Master Chief, Kratos, and Mario beating the shit out of each other. Yeah, I feel like that was peak console war. But now we've kind of escalated into this mutual kind of respect phase. Not to say that there's like perfect peace amongst everything, because you know market share is a big deal now. Yeah. But I feel like if you told me, hey, I have an Xbox One, oh, that's cool. You know, whereas back then I was like, holy shit. Do you feel? I mean, I don't mean to interrupt your train of thought. Sure. But do you feel? That because, like you said, you t- you said market share, and this is what sparked it. You think because gaming is such a big, like culturally accepted thing now that they don't really feel the need to fight anymore over it because gaming is not a niche thing anymore. It's kind of like accepted by society. I think. Here's my thing. I think that your preference of console shouldn't necessarily be a brand thing. I think you should look at specs, features, all that stuff. I Titles. Think- yeah, well, I'll get into that in a sec, but I think if Sony lifted the ban on cross-platform play, we could have kind of this baseline of just all-around gaming because, you know, you could play Fortnite on the Switch and the Xbox One and all that stuff. I think if Sony just, you know, got their head out of their ass and they said, hey, cross-platform is up for all these games, right? And then what you really have to decide between is, like, form factor, portability, and exclusives because, to me, why would I play... Uh, something like, let's say Rainbow Six, because we were talking about earlier. Why would I play that on PS4 when I'm predominantly a PC gamer now, right? But games like The Last of Us 2 and all these PlayStation exclusives, well, now I'm more tempted to get a PlayStation 4 or go out and buy those on console now because you can't play it on PC. Uh-huh. And I think that should really be the driving force between Which console the console get? wars yeah. that, at the current state. And like I said, if Sony lifts that cross-play bland cross-play ban for a lot of these games will kind of be at this zone of like this this D, this dmz of gaming where you can just kind of play with your friends no matter what they have at the moment and i think that once we hit that i think there's going to be this beautiful serenity in gaming where you can just kind of hop on and, and rock and roll i mean that's it, it, that sounds great now but i kind of like the whole fucking tossing dirt thing you know because we because we came from that we grew up in that we grew up in that are you kidding me well, like I'm saying, like there was like, I don't know how how much how well you remember this, but I remember the fucking Sega Genesis commercials where they were just fucking taking a dump on fucking Nintendo. Well, you remember those like I can't remember what year was it. Uh, Atari did their whole like two hour presentation on the new console, and then the Sony guy with the PS One, he went up there, he was like two ninety nine, yeah. and he just walked off stage. Yeah, and uh, you know, uh, mudslinging is always fun. Yeah, but where am I going with this? See, I lost my train of thought again. You said, I, I th- no, yeah. you're totally right. Gaming is at the point where a 50-year-old man can game or a 8-year-old can game. 8-year-olds can always game, right? But it's just kind of universally accepted where, hey, I play games. Cool. Whereas 10 years ago, you grown-ass man playing games. What the fuck are you doing with your life, you know? Yeah, you, in your mom's basement. Mm. We're, we're at this stage now where gaming is kind of 
greater than the sum of its parts because it's its own art form and a lot of experiences you can't get out of anything but a game and so i feel like once we hit that equilibrium where you can just kind of hop on and don't have to worry about a lot of these like oh well my buddy's got an xbox one i guess not i think once we can get past that mentality i think we're going to be at a beautiful stage in gaming where companies are going to be pushed to their limits publishers are going to have to rethink their actions all this sort of shit right now and once we hit that, I think that's going to be the golden age of games. I guess we'll have to wait and see moving forward. Absolutely, sir. I'm excited. Um, I feel like as weeks go on, we get more and more information about the PS5, all this good stuff. Um, we're going to keep everybody updated on this shit. Absolutely. Because um, I still want to go to E3. That was up. It's funny because you and I talked about it last year. We're like, man, we should make a, a fucking stab at it. But Sony like backed out. And I'm like, well, fuck, I don't want to go. That's <laughs> probably 50% of the reason I wanted to go. Yeah. And I'm like, well, fuck, I don't want to go now. So I'm like, maybe we'll just wait until the next year. Absolutely. Try to man. go. Especially since I got my Florida trip packed, which I'm fucking stoked, man. I, I think next year is when we're going to get news of the five. Yeah. I think that's very, uh, very likely. Yeah. So I guess we have to wait. And see move so uh, talk to me real quick since... Um, you, you know, I remember you specifically telling me, oh, well, this isn't going to be a gaming PC. This is going to be a podcast PC. But yet you text me in the middle of the week like, hey, my CSGO won't fucking run. Yeah. Um, so what have you been playing on uh, on Steam? Well, right. Well, like talk. I, well, I mentioned this off air, but right now, because like I said, CSGO is kind of the, the benchmark. The default. Yeah. Kind of like, OK, well, if you want to learn how to aim, <laughs> CSGO is probably a good place to start. And I'm kind of fiddling around with other stuff just to see like. You know what's out there. Uh, I'm not 100% sold on anything. I'm, I, I, to me, and I know you probably say if you, if I give it enough time, it'll be the other way around. But nothing feels better than that PlayStation 4 control on my hand. I'm sorry. Yeah, for now. That's just that. Yeah. See, for exactly. It, <laughs> yeah. it, it, it's, it's the jump. Yeah. Because I initially played a lot of PC games with my PS4 controller. Yeah. But once you get that aim down, you're not going to want to go back. Yeah. But we're, we're in that transitional period right now. But, you know, it's good that you're getting out there. CSGO is quick and dirty. I love it. Yeah. There's stupid amounts of depths and layers and all this wacky shit that goes along with CSGO. But if you just want to fire it up and shoot some bad guys, you you can have it. Yeah. Right now, I'm just fucking around with bots because I don't, I'm, I don't want to be fucking shat on by a... Uh, check out... Um, I think it's called server surfing. Uh, so they have like these weird, like uh, get through this like obstacle course thing. And okay. there's a lot of wacky shit on CSGO that you could do. Yeah. Maybe we'll have to take a, a hop in with each other to see what's going on. Cause I know you have it. Um, I'm not really fucking around on planet side. I think I'm going to delete it. Cause I, I, I kind of booted it up but it looked kind of rough and it, my, I got gotcha. you. I think spotty. left for dead two is like five bucks. Yeah. Take that is a quality investment. My friend. Yeah. I'm going to take a look at that maybe. And um, what else did I have booted up? Oh, smite. I'm I'm afraid. I'm afraid, Gabe. I don't want to do it. That's not that bad. I don't want to get shat on. <laughs> oh, quick quick little uh, mention. If you have Amazon Prime, link your Twitch and Amazon Prime accounts, and then you get all these free fucking skins, all these nasty, dirty, grimy skins. I believe last month it was Art. You got a nasty skin for Arthur. I, I can't remember who it is this month, but every month something for, for Smite. So yeah, check that out. Dude, because I, I, I've been playing Smite again on, on my – because I, I go in waves, obviously. And that's like my main problem right now with the PS4s because like why well, I have the founders pack on the PS4 like why, you know, yeah absolutely I, I don't why hop make, over yeah I don't want to make that investment again but uh, even though it's totally worth it but um, right now the skins on Smite are on a fucking different level than when you and I were playing like full time oh, yeah almost. I know I keep up with the skins the, these skins are so fucking good looking that's half the fun yeah so. Um, I just love it, and I'm like, every time there's like a, somebody with the skin, I'm like, wow, I feel like less of a man because I don't have it. <laughs> you know what I mean? That type of situation. I mean, I, I, I I've been fucking. I, I told you, and I hopped in again a couple a couple of days ago with Freya. 
I was just mowing, mowing motherfuckers Dance down. Girl. It does not matter how long it's been. I'm still killing motherfuckers with Freya. And even, some WD-40 on it. We can rock and roll. Yeah. Even, even when they, um, because they changed their kit up a little bit. Like they altered right. it slightly. I remember this rework. Yeah. And it was uh, like, it doesn't matter. I, I'm no still effect. Gonna, yeah. I'm still going to fucking mow you down. And that's just how Good I copy. So it's also a super fun game to watch. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, I think that's important for any esport. I watch the top 10 plays every week, no matter what of Smite. Even if I'm not playing it, I still watch it. Yeah. It's just super entertaining. Absolutely. Uh, that being said, you got anything else for gaming? Uh, I did have something, but I slipped my mind. I'm not going to lie. Oh, fuck. Oh, shit. Oh, fuck. Uh, think. Slipped my mind. Never mind. All right. Maybe <laughs> we'll get to it around next week. Yeah. Uh, you got any games for the week? Or no. Are you stale? Yeah, I got nothing on me right now. Cool beans. Let's talk some music. So we're doing retro reviews for kind of our standard music thing now. Sure. Um, standard music thing now. <laughs> well, because we had... Um, ten song set list. Ten song set list. Obviously, we do the new album reviews when they come out. So we're doing retro reviews of kind of older albums we like. Uh, this week was my choice. It was as Blood Runs Black Allegiance. I want, sh- I want you to start this off because... I've known this album for 13 years. I kind of have my opinions set in stone and I, I know what I know what's in the package. Yeah. So, you know, as, as far as my background as as blood runs black, they were just always one of those bands on like the MySpace phase that everybody liked. And I thought it was okay. Um, since like the beginning of time. Right. Um, so I went with this open ears because like I said, it's probably been, a, it's probably been about 10 years. Right. Um, so I listened to it. And, um, you know, I was listening to it with my wife and stuff like that. I'm like, man, I'm like, it's fine. It's, de- it's definitely passable. I'm not going to say that, uh, it's bad cause it's not, but, um, I think if I maybe dug, dug deeper during the time, I would have enjoyed it more. Um, but for me, uh, it's just very, uh, middle of the road because I feel like this, that sound is such a dated thing and it's not necessarily a bad thing because I still go back to old I killed the prom queen and I enjoy it but I think I killed the prom queen did it better in almost every way so um, at least back then because like I said dude it's a it's a production thing and I don't know if it's because they did it in their fucking basement and it sounds a certain way um, it sounds like it's recorded like underwater like mermaid right yeah a little bit a little bit like that and like a, there's a lot of albums during that time period we're fucking victim of that uh bless the fall the uh, lonely walkers the other one that comes to mind that sounds exactly like that um but early chelsea grin stuff <laughs> yeah early chelsea grin stuff stuff like that and to me like i said it, it was good it was passable I, I enjoyed some of it but to me it's there's a level of production quality that i just don't enjoy i know it's an you know a, a, what's it called a product of its time. Uh, the drums are super midied. <laughs> and I, again, I don't know that for a fact, but it sounds like it to me. That's what my ears picked up. Uh, especially, I think, in that one song. Hold on, let me pull it up. Um, Hester Prine. Up. Hester Prine. No, no, no. Strife no, no. Chug Chug. No, 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 no. Uh, All my fears have become phobias. The brighter side of suffering. Ah. There was a moment I'm like, that's totally like nobody fucking can play that. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like one of those fucking things that a Jaron Dine video where they were making fun of like the midi drummer kind of situation. So. I don't know. Uh, I I like it overall. I think it's a solid effort, uh, especially for a band that was new at the time. Because that was the, their EP. That was their yeah. Or was, first full length album, yeah, I believe. The first their debut. I think it was a good first step. But I think um, after knowing what we know, I think it's pr- pretty obvious why they never stuck around. Outside of the fact that they couldn't keep a mem- like a solid lineup, from what you said, right? Like their yeah. lineup was constantly bouncing around. I think it's because they were just okay in every in every sense of the word. And uh, there was so many other bands that were pushing the genre forward, and they just kind of fell to the wayside. I got gotcha. you. So I'm more of the the deathcore guy here. Um, 
I discovered this album, like you said, in the MySpace days. This album kind of, it was my introductory to heavier shit because there was a point where, you know, we kind of got into like the heavy metal side of things, whether that be some classics like Metallica, Osborne, whatever it may be, yeah. or some of the new metal that was coming out at the time, like Slip Now, Wait and Bleed was probably the song that got me into this whole thing, right? Sure, absolutely. Um, this, as Blood Rose and Black Allegiance, kind of pushed my envelope, my tolerance, let's say, for heavier stuff, right? And the thing that I think that they did really well on this particular album, Allegiance, was that they really pushed the envelope for what you could do instrumentally in a deathcore track. Because Jared Dine says it over and over, dude. Like, deathcore is very formulaic and it gets very boring very quick if you're stuck in that genre. You know, you got to mix it up. You can't just listen to straight deathcore for months on end, right? Mm-hmm. I think that what they did instrumentally was pretty creative for the time. It was, what was this album? 2006? It's 13 years old yeah. now? I think that initial lineup was a home fucking run. Everybody put in 110% and that album kind of showed it. Because when you listen to early Chelsea Grin and you listen to like early Oceano and all those guys in that scene at the time, I don't think, some, some came close. I don't think anybody was at the peak performance that as blood runs black came out swinging swinging it you know okay. when that gun went off at the start line these guys were full-blown sprint and it kind of showed you think did you just make that um what's the word that analogy because you were a runner in school maybe um but besides that like i don't know i feel like the lyrics are okay there ain't anything special there's uh kind of formulaic in a sense but drums are wild and I, I couldn't tell you whether these are meaty drums or actual drums but i can tell you i did see them in 2011 at joliet at mojo's let me pull up this lineup because it's absolute fucking bark bonkers right <laughs> so it was the atticus metal tour it was darkest hour born of osiris as blood runs black the human abstract and some uh local bands right I remember that tour and uh i think i told you dude like after the show i was like nice and sweaty and i was trying to take a shit and i was just slipping around on that <laughs> toilet in there man but they can pull off live what they do on that album at least with the lineup i saw in 2011 right because i mentioned they can't they can't have a fucking steady lineup and it's ridiculous it really is because they were a band for all of i think they officially called it quits in 2014 all of eight years and three vocalists like two drummers i think the only constant member was one of the guitarists i thought it was the, i thought it was the other way around i thought the only constant member was the drummer it might have been. Oh, yeah. They only had one constant guy throughout the entire lifespan of this band, and everybody else was just a rotating cast of characters. And it was a bit ridiculous, honestly. And when you got to uh, like the Christian Bartholomew area era of As Blood Runs Black, I just completely fell off. I couldn't do it. I didn't think they brought the same viciousness and ferocity as Allegiance did. Okay. But that being said, I'm trying to focus on this album. I think if you want pure, unfiltered unadulterated violence i think this is a very good album to go for because you could go into it with that mindless sense of just let's just fucking break shit right yeah and i think that's why i appreciate it okay i love this album i think it's fun absolutely um you got any closing comments on it no man i mean like i said it's not bad i i, I think it's cool um like, it, it does fall to the plight of the whole myspace score yes it does which yeah. that umbrella is fucking massive if you want it to be right yeah um but I think, like I said, for a 2006 release, I think the only other band that like really compared at the time was when Job for a Cowboy dropped Doom. And, I, you know, that's another great deathcore band. But like I said, dude, I, I, think it's a, I think it's a fun trip if you're trying to go back 13 years. But All right. Jesus. All righty, buddy. So I have another retro review for us to do. Yeah, let's chat. And I think you might not have ever listened to this band. Or at least the album. Who is it? This is In Fear and Faith, Your World on Fire. Oh, man. I know of In Fear and Faith. 
I want us to do this next week. All right. Sounds good. And because uh, there was a song that came up with my shuffle, The Road to Hell is Paved with Good Intentions. How old yeah. is this album? 10 years? 2010 it came out. So nine now. Okay. Just about 10. Years. Yep. And uh, this is another band that was really popular you know, immediately. And then they kind of phased off and fizzled. And I kind of watch our, uh, our opinions looking back. Cause I, like I said, I lo- I watched this when they came out or listened to this when it came out. And, um, I saw them live multiple times and it was always phenomenal. So very cool. Uh, uh T minus two weeks, less than two weeks until upon a burning body. Okay. So it's going to be a nice album review. We haven't gotten another single yet. Have we just the two? Yeah. Just the one. Yeah. Just, just two. Yeah. Just the two should yeah. be fun. Yeah. Well, should be fun. June 7th. But there was um uh, hold on. I'm sorry. There is something else that, did we talk about Logic? No, you did not mention them. So, have you listened to Logic's new shit? Yes, I have. What'd you think? I like it, man. See, every uh, as the sun passes by and as the days grow older, <laughs> Jake falls deeper in love with Logic. Yeah, dude. And then, like, because because uh, like, this is my thing. Like, when I because obviously I teach like my new hire class in my job, right? That's mm-hmm. what I do. So, and they're like, "Oh, well, what, what music do you like?" And I, I go down my my path, and I'm like, as far as hip hop, I'm like, um. And like a Kendrick, right? There's like the two big ones. Two Kings. Yeah, the two Kings. It, to me, you know, um, yeah, I'm not a huge hip hop head, so I can't tell you. But now it's like, well, I like M, Kendrick, and now it's Logic. I put Logic Ooh. in that in that category, and I fucking love this dude. This dude is so good. So uh, this new album, Dangerous Mind, right? Confessions of a Dangerous Confessions Mind. Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. What do you think of it, man? Because he, I, I mentioned this before, he takes very good care of his mainstream albums his mainline albums because yeah. he has the bobby tarantino he has the young sinatra yeah and he has all, all like these different kind of like Vibes. side stories yeah really so what do you think man he did a great job man this dude's a fucking wordsmith man he could put he, shit, he could put shit together he makes he says stuff that makes me laugh and he has he kind of has the m&m syndrome to me where like i can go back at any time and be like <laughs> and discover something new where i'm yeah, like absolutely. that was that was clever that was he, funny he sets up his raps like a comedian would set up a joke where you're kind of leading up to this like story and then you hit the punchline for a lot of these like goofier songs. Yeah. And uh, man, he's a fucking talented guy. I love his choice of beats and his production. I love it. They're I love very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Boom bap. Yeah. Oh, he has a song called boom bap. I believe. Well, yeah. Uh, they're very um, purposeful. Yeah. He knows what he's doing. It's not like, like, Hey, give me a beat. It's like, no, I want this, this and that. Yeah. It's, it's a vibe thing. And he has very particular choices with his with his vibes and i love it about i, love I feel vibe. like a lot of his singles have this very kind of bounciness to it mm-hmm. like it has a almost like a bob and weave you know when you're like on your toes and yeah. you're waiting for it i feel like that's his approach with a lot of his mainstream singles but then you have shit like dear god and like all these like really like down to earth tracks and it's just totally slowed the fuck down and all the production work is beautiful to it what was that album uh song on the last album the young sinatra uh thank you i think it was called that was just like a beautiful fucking well-written song about how his life changed and the fans did it for him and they had kind of that uh that what's it called the intermission in between where they had like the voice messages from all the fans yeah that like, was brutal man fucking huh? beautiful man yeah, like brutal f- this guy is fucking somebody from uh, i think joliet called right yeah. Like, hey, this is blah, yeah, blah, yeah. blah from Jelly at Illinois. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this fucking guy, like I said, it takes very, I, there's very few artists out there that makes me interested in, uh, in their work and in, in rap in rap. Very and cool. this guy is one of them. And so I, did you do him. a deep dive on this, on his discography yet? I did. Uh, the incredibly true story, which I fucking love. I love it. That's my favorite of his fucking albums. So it. good. That was the same year that Space EP dropped. Oh, so that was a very space themed year. And I think yeah. I brought it up, but 
I think the consensus was Space EP was just so massively good. Yeah. But tracks like, dude, like Lord Willen, like, yeah. come on, it's such a very laid back, but like so humble track. And I, I, I love all the instrumentals of it all where it's like, uh, or not the two guys conversing. Yeah. The two guys conversing. He's like, okay. He's like, yeah, you can make it anybody you want. He's like, big Sean. He's like, everybody in the world. You want to talk to big Sean? <laughs> he's like, yeah, Kai, you a bitch. <laughs> yeah. So I, yeah, I'm a, Every time I, I listen to Logic, I'm like, okay, well, I don't have this album. Let me download that one, too. And I fucking love this guy. This guy's fucking talented. He has a lot of good stuff. And I remember when Under Pressure, his, like, his, it wasn't his debut album, but it was the album that broke him through into yeah. the mainstream. I remember when that dropped and people were like, oh, who is this Logic guy? Who is this Logic guy? And meanwhile, I had, like, all the young Sinatras on my iPod. And I was like, dude, you guys have been fucking sleeping on yeah, this. He, he is genuinely a wordsmith. And I feel like now that the stigma of a white rapper is long done and gone i feel like this dude's success is really kind of booming because he really did around the 2010 era he went from being like a local chicago rapper to being a national sensation and it's really beautiful because he is genuinely a good guy he's not local by the way my bad he's from maryland yeah but he's a, he was a smaller guy fun fact he has a song called metropolis on under pressure and in that uh song he drops a line that says the first show that i ever done sold out was in chicago i was at that show that's fucking I was at dope. the house of blues that's very cool yeah man it was a fucking great show and he is a good showman he is a great rapper and an excellent writer in his shows he also had one of the most peaceful divorces i've ever seen i heard that yeah H- him and his uh now ex-wife were just like hey you know maybe we should be friends and then that's it he did um i saw that he did something on youtube where her for her birthday where he made like, the whole uh orchestra yeah. yeah he did that that was really nice yeah and i heard that too i saw him on hot ones because i watched that and like that was fucking excellent he is genuinely a good guy absolutely and i like him a lot so i i still recommend doing a deep dive into like young sinatra 3 i love that mixtape he has a song called like numbers which is phenomenal there's this like you know he tells stories through his albums yeah. right and the incredible true story is fucking phenomenal. I love the whole thing. But uh, in Young Snatcher Three, it's like this cheesy ass like record dealer representative, and he's like trying to sign him on. And Logic's like, "Hey man, fuck you. You know I'm not answering." And the guy keeps like leaving him voicemails. He's like, "Hey man, come on, Logic, I'll get you a good deal, man." <laughs> <laughs> it's just hilarious. I think his name is Randall. Like you can check it out on YouTube. But uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, if you needed an excuse, this is it. Check out Logic. Yeah, man. And that was our love letter to Logic. I love you, bro. I, I think he's a... <laughs> no, dude. I generally think he's one of the handful of quality rappers left out there that, you know, maybe the money helps, but he, at, at the end of the day, he's rapping about what he cares about. And Absolutely. That's his fans. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. What is next? This is you. Okay. So being uh, fans of the metal genre, you know, I... I Honestly, I say with any genre, you know, there are those the like extremities and the extreme portions of your genre, right? Yep. How familiar are you with porno grind? No. Huh? No, not at all. Yeah. Um, so I found this band. I kind of ran into them because I was looking at a porno grind uh, playlist. <laughs> I thought you were going somewhere else. No, I was that. looking into a porno grind playlist. And if you know what porno grind or gore grind is, it's just this ridiculous, like brutal, heavy. It sounds like they're like you're trying to blow bubbles through the mud is what the vocals sound like. Right. <laughs> And so I was dicking around, and I sent my buddy uh, this band called Rectal Smegma, right? Pretty fucking brutal. <laughs> but And so we kind of listened to it, and he kind of like looks at me. He's like, hey, this this song kind of low-key smacks. And so it, it started off as a joke. You know, yeah. it, was, it was like, dude, yeah. listen to this. It's pretty fucking brutal, man. Yeah. And then it devolved into, hey, man, so you want to put on some Rectal Smegma? So um, this is an album by a band called Rectal Smegma, right? And just how, that name alone how, should scare yeah, how you How many off. times are you going to do Rectal Slip Smegma? This is an album called Gnork. And I'm just going to read some of these fucking titles off to you, right? Uh, Flash Pass to Death. <laughs> uh, Sacred Semen Altar. 
Gorgrind Graveyard, Ballad of Balls, <laughs> Chocolate Milfshake, <laughs> Slime Swine Swing. Oh my God. Retardo Ricardo. <laughs> Poop shoot meets morning wood. <laughs> Hang on, oh, this, this one's pretty good. Quality is our mission. <laughs> Foreskin mask. And then my personal oh, favorite God. my personal favorite off this entire album and probably out of this whole band is called Shit Squirting Sandy. <laughs> <laughs> and these guys, they're just they take metal to the extremities. And honestly, if you're looking for a good laugh. To the extremities, he said. To the extremities. Yeah, right. I can't even speak. Uh, if you're looking for a good kick, man. Uh, Throw on shit squirting Sandy because that thing smacks on a whole different level. But yeah, like I just thought it was hilarious. It, it started off as a, oh yeah, bro, check this out. These guys are heavy, bro. You know? Yeah. And then it's like, hey man, you wanna you wanna throw them on? <laughs> yeah, I'll throw them on. I was that's, waiting for you to ask. That's funny. That's funny. but yeah, dude. They're like I call them more porno, porno gore because they're like between that like porno grind and gore grinds thing. But yeah. Um, I don't know, man. If you're looking for a laugh, check it out. If you're a fan of Porno Grind, you probably have heard of them. Interesting. They're playing at Cunt Fest this year, which I thought was hilarious. (laughs) Oh, man. You can't write that shit, man. (laughs) Yeah, right? Fact is stranger than fiction, honest to God. Yeah, dude. Uh, Okay, so let's get back to... uh, Real life. Yeah. Real life is a fantasy. Knock Loose Drop, the new single. Fucking dope. And I Wander South. Fucking dope. I love it, man. Uh, We had our worries about this album because they blew up what seemed like way too fast for their own good. Yep. But it's been, what, three years since Laugh Tracks? Yeah. 2016? Took their time. I remember that dropped. Nothing but respect. Mm-hmm. Because these dudes were picked up by the Giants, known as Every Time I Die, really fucking quick. And I feel like they've turned for most of the last year together, right? Yeah. And their buddy, buddy, Keith Buckley's on the new album. He does a feature, which I'm does. excited for. Yeah. I mean, they're like best friends, dude. Yeah. You know? Um, I, I like mean, this. when somebody worships you, I think it'd be really easy to... <laughs> Goes best friends with them. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but um, yeah, I'm excited for this. And both these singles have been really fucking good so far. And I think they take a more I don't want to call it melodic because it's very no, hard no, to be melodic no, with hardcore that's right music. Word. That's the right word. It, it's very purposeful. It's very balanced. And dude, that just it takes breakdowns and it deconstructs them. And it says, how many really? How many instruments do you need for a breakdown? Two? Yeah, two. Let's go. And I don't know, man. And I Wander South is a really fucking good single. Yeah, I like that it. mistakes like fractures. I you, you get two extremes of this album right now, and I can tell you, you you're not going to be disappointed. What's I'm excited. Name, what's the name of this album? I uh, said something weird. I thought. Oh, a, man. Di- a different shade of blue. A different shade of blue coming on August 23rd. Very cool. I am excited, man. That that week in August is going to be good because we're going to have we're going to have a couple things lined up. Yep. So I actually got well. I have one written down. I actually have another single after that to cover. Um, this is Alexis on Fire Complicit. Have you listened to this? Yes, I have. It's pretty good. Yeah, man. It's um for for guys that are turning forty this year. Yeah. It, it, it's hard to come out with quality content year after year, especially when you hit your peak in two thousand six. Was it? Yeah, two thousand six with Crisis, which yeah. is a genre defining yeah, album. <laughs> we Absolutely, we should do a fucking thirteen year review on that. Yeah. But. It's hard to follow something like that up. Yeah. And to say that these guys have had a fairly consistent lineup, a fairly consistent sound throughout all these years, that's something to commend, man. So Absolutely. They did a great job. It's you know, it's kind of um, in the same vein of the last song, which is Familiar Drug, which was a good song too. I'm looking forward to this. I think they, it's very interesting that they pick like the tint, because I know if you saw the album art, but the first one had like that green tint, yeah. and this one has the red tint. I wonder where they're going with this. Because they're a band that does everything with purpose, 
right? Everything has a purpose. So I'm they, wondering where they so One, if not all these guys are artists in the sense of like art, you know? Yeah. No, I was, yeah. So uh, I'm looking forward to this album. I think it's going to be really good. Do we have a date on this yet? Uh, let me let me see if I got to dig it up real quick because I'm sure with the second single that they had something coming. Let me Google this real quick. Yeah, man. Canada's prized possession. <laughs> no, 100%. Um, and Dallas Green is probably one of the best vocalists of like around right now. So hold on. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm really bad with this. I'm a horrible podcast host. You could hate me in the comments. Uh, actually, it doesn't seem like they have a date for this quite yet. Well, then we'll, I'm sure we'll get one announced soon. Yeah, absolutely. Man, good stuff. So I love them. They're great. What more can I say? And this one, this is a band that you put me on. Uh, Fox Blood. Oh, had, hey, you're still jamming at Fox Blood. Yeah, I had a single called Kill the Lights, which is kind of different from what they've done previously, but still excellent. Uh, I feel like they improved on, uh, especially on the vocals, because that was like my big issue with them mm-hmm. was that the vocals were kind of hit or miss. And um, this the single is very good. So you know what's funny? I think we traded paint in that um, uh, the weekly bangers thing because uh, I kind of, I, I, to be honest, I kind of forgot about Fox Blood. I, they just kind of faded into the background for me. Yeah. But then you're like, oh, you know, I still keep up with them. I'm glad that worked out. But um, on my shuffle, Roseview will come on every once in a while. I'm like, dude, this is, yeah, yeah. Maybe it's generic, but it's so fucking well done. You know, it's it's not generic in the sense that where it's like it's derivative. It's like, okay, well, this kind of, you know, it's good. But you know, there's a bit like it, it, it hits all your like checklist items yeah, for a melodic yep. metalcore album. But it's done in such like a genuine. In, in a genuine way, man. It yeah. doesn't feel artificial in any sense of the word. Like uh, Wage War, where it's like very artificial. They genuine. have uh, a handful of songs that I think are very genuine, like Youngblood. Um, but overall, yeah, they do nail the, the generic metalcore. And like I said, there's nothing wrong with I, that. I actually have something to show you because there's two. Um, there was this video that Jared Dines came out with this week that was two so- like songs that are like blatantly ripped off from each other. And I got to show you something. What is you, it, two Wage War songs? It's a Wage War song that they ripped off from the architects. <gasps> and there was a bunch of them. Like um, Actually... They showed in the video um, Motionless and White ripping off Breaking Benjamin. But I'm, when I saw that, like, in the list, I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, this is the one that I think. It's actually another one, another song where they double-dipped Holy uh, shit. stealing from Breaking Benjamin. And they're from PA, uh, both of them. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm sure they're big fans of Breaking Benjamin. I mean, how would you not? Because Breaking Benjamin is fucking phenomenal. Um, but one of the new metal bands that... You don't get shat on for liking. No, 100%. Yeah, because fucking Breaking Benjamin is so good. They have so many good fucking hits. Oh, my God. But, um, yeah, I'll show you this after the fact because it is kind of interesting. And you'll be like, whoa, for some of these. But, um, so, yeah, man, uh, it's a good single. Fox Blood did a great job. So, yeah, man, I'll have to not. circle back around. Cool. Good shit. All right, man. I think that's uh, – you got any closing comments on music? No, man, I think that's about it for the, for the podcast. I have something that I could play now at the end of this. Basically, I'm going to say, hey, man, check us out. Um, quick quick little thing, right? Yeah. My buddy said, because um, he's making a playlist for every month of the year of this year, and he's doing like shit he listens to. He said, man, May's been really fucking slow. And I was like, dude, you're insane. My album of the year came out in May. Yeah. And it's still there at the top still. Fever still got it, man. Yeah. I, I just go back to it. I'm like, dude, I, you know, sometimes you forget why you like something. And you go back to it. And you're like, yeah. <laughs> That's me right now. Absolutely, man. It is what it is. As far as what I'm listening to, man. And- Kind of the same. I've been digging back and forth between things. We are not your kind. That 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 fucking unsainted is still fucking playing for me. Yeah, unsainted is really good. It took a uh, uh, a time or a trip in the wayback machine and hit up D12's uh, D12 world. Hey man, 
Yeah, man. It is what it is. Um, they want my salsa, bro. Yeah, my salsa. salsa. Yeah. Oh, speaking about uh, the way back machine. Actually, no, I'm not speaking about it at all. The Unsainted, uh, the album pre-orders are up. Yeah. You want to know what the big one is? I think I sent you it, didn't I? No, I saw it, though. The jumpsuit. Yeah. So for the two, oh, is it like $235, you get the... The dope blue fucking vinyl which oh, looks man, fucking it looks beautiful so good i want it so bad yeah. you get a white slipknot jumpsuit you get a like the bacteria mask in black yeah um a pin the tour bus a charger thing yeah yeah. i don't know man 235 dollars is kind of steep but that jumpsuit might just be worth it for those <laughs> hardcore fans out there. no you're right yeah i mean how come on think about it when you were what like 13 didn't you want a slipknot jumpsuit or at 100%. least a mask 100 percent. Yeah. yeah absolutely yeah so if you need an excuse man Support Slipknot and get a jumpsuit. Hey, man, if they fucking give me that Corey, if they threw in that Corey Taylor jacket, I'd fucking buy that shit in a heartbeat because that shit was good looking. Yeah, that's super thematic, man. Yeah. I love it. That's good looking. Good stuff. But other than that, that was the Second City Kids podcast. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and play the new thing that we got, and we'll see you next week. Deuces. Thank you guys for joining us this week on the Second City Kids podcast. You can like us on iTunes, Google, anywhere else podcasts are found. Any comments, questions, or concerns, you can email us at secondcitykids at gmail.com. Until next week, folks, deuces.